Testing, testing. Testing, testing. What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? We're back. It's news of the week. It's Connor Rhodes and it's Will Hukin. Will Hukin, welcome back to the show. Hi, Connor. Hello, sir. Excitement. Excitement. Intensity intensifies. It's been a month, maybe. You might be right. Four weeks, I think. I think, yeah. Probably bang on. Because I did two solo episodes, and on both episodes, we're shouting about how without you, I will keep the ship sailing, and I, I will. But then I actually missed didn't. Two. <laughs> I actually just. I missed four. So yeah, and then I missed two. But now we're back. But now we're back. Now we're back, ladies and gentlemen. All of the so audience. welcome back to the number seventh health and fitness podcast <laughs> in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it was it's number one the for the longest time, I'm sure. But We've deranked slightly because we yeah, well, you lose the algorithm. We were number one, you know, right. Yeah. We're, we're always number one to me. You lose the algorithm in Slovakia when you miss two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we're always number one to me. Excellent, we are. I agree. How have you been? We're our own biggest fans. Um, I've been up and down and a little bit poorly and unwell, and I'm back now and happy to be back. Yeah, yeah. I understand. How yeah. are you? I'm all right. I'm yeah. all right, yeah. We, um, we both rocked up in handsome little shirts today. You've... I've abandoned mine and gone for the... Poor boy look, but Why you're looking you... presentable still. Why? Did you feel too nervous about us wearing similar clothing? Yeah, I just got sweaty in your presence, bro. Oh, it's <laughs> coasty. Nice. Atmosphere. Yeah, nice. I'm um, relatively cold-blooded, in my opinion, so I, I like my apartment to be... I was discussing warm. this with a lady friend the other day, that I'm sure there's an inherent difference between, like men and women because women always seem to be on the colder side and want more heat and like baths for example or showers or so something say, like this are you how many I'm times a female I'm, I'm a female in this relationship <laughs> <laughs> no because i think i'm similar but maybe you're but it doesn't make more, any sense because you're leaner you should you should be freezing all the time that's what well maybe that's what you should be a little shiver bot shouldn't you maybe that's why yeah, i've got no body fat it's just muscle and then the next thing is space <laughs> You know, if I'm outside, literally, this is what it's like. I think Just about muscle, that sometimes. And the next know. thing is Saturn. I think about that that there's there's more of a direct line when you're in line rightly to like yeah to like Saturn than there is to like France. Don't know what? about that. It's like there's nothing, is there? Like you're saying. Um, if you can see, if you could see Saturn, or yeah, yeah. then there it's might be more. Might be a more direct obstacle, like well, I mean, space is. You mean pretty... a dead straight line? Yeah, as, yeah, because as the, the crow, as the inter. International crows flies. <laughs> no, interplanetary crow. <laughs> <laughs> I think it does make a difference whether it's an interplanetary crow or a planetary crow, though, because would it be if if you're still within the? It's an interplanetary crow in crow dimensional traveling as well, and they. <laughs> I'm thinking if the crow flies straight, but it's within the atmosphere, is a straight line curved, and would you still end up at France? Speak on it. Or if if you are an interdimensional. Intergalactic crew, you'd fly straight out of the atmosphere. Are we the Joe Rogan podcast now? Maybe we're just talking about things we have no idea. Yeah, that's the Joe Rogan podcast. Welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome back to physics on the Slum Society Show, ladies and physics gentlemen. Physics with Will and Connor. This is why it's labelled a comedy and health and fitness show because it's it's all facts and no feelings. And sometimes <laughs> it's all feelings and no facts, isn't it? It's it can be whatever it wants to be. It can be whatever the space crow says, bro. It can be whatever it wants to be. Have you are you back to exercise now? Uh, yes, are you back on with, your a, training? with a different approach, I'd say actually, All which right. could be something interesting to cover. Yeah, come on then, tell me. Well, for the long for a while now, I've been aware that my genetics don't necessarily lend themselves to being super strong and super big, and as well, okay. my natural inclinations to how I live life, i.e., like not eating too 
excess and this, that, and the other. Are you calling yourself small? Yeah. Are you, something's changed. We've come back to the Slum Society show and things have changed. Well, I've just, I've spent my time moping about it. I've spent my time <laughs> grinding out squats, <laughs> breaking my back, trying to get stronger. And now I'm just thinking, hey, I'll play to my strengths. I'm really good at climbing. I'm really good at this, this, and the other. So I'm, I'm enjoying more like athletics kind of training at the minute. I'm still training for strength that's on like nice. lower body stuff because okay. that's still kind of athletic in my mm. opinion. But I've changed it to more like squats, for example. I used to hit like twice a week. I'm now hitting maybe like once every two weeks. And then okay. the, the other session is like a split squat. Oh, nice. bar, like a barbell split squat, which is interesting. Barbell split squat? Yeah, I'm training at um, a nice new little gym that I've found that's got a safety bar. Which for those that don't know at home, a safety bar is like a big bear hug. It just hugs around your shoulders and it has little handles at the front that make it very nice. It's also easier on mobility and it's easy to just balance. So... It's nice Why, to have because the bar's positioned slightly differently on you. It's positioned slightly forward. With your hands being farther forward, you yeah. shift your centre of gravity help. forward. That, that is a, if you put your hands in front like that when you do bodyweight squats, it helps balance. So that makes exactly, sense. Yeah, yeah, it's shifting your weight it means slightly forward. You need forward. less ankle mobility, which is most people's limiting factor in a squat. Yeah. Can so. I say as well, before we continue, I'm nervous about the position of your microphone. Maybe nervous is not the correct oh, word. Oh, you're dead it's, right. It's facing the wrong way. You're dead right. I've got this, um, this like, working in the hull of Titanic shirt on, and it's not doing it. <laughs> you like a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> like, a, like an oil rig boy. Well, I sent you a video of me in a cowboy hat. So I enjoyed that video of you in a cowboy hat. You'd look cute in a cowboy hat. I've got an Australian cowboy hat. How about that? that yes, work? you do actually, don't you? Does yeah. this work? Maybe we should both wear them at the same time. For the next... what kind of vibe. We've discussed this about wearing it for a podcast, actually. Or more to the point I just said I was going to. I don't mind wearing costumes. We get no videos on YouTube anyway. We could dress like whatever we wanted. Do it until someone's like, hang on a minute. <laughs> One day we could be spacemen. We could wear like space suits. One day we could be in camouflage. We're going to need a whole team, a, a behind the scenes prop team. Maybe we... Consisting of you and me. Do you know what I think we should do? What's There's this? a fancy dress shop in the centre of Sheffield. We should go and try and get sponsored. We, we, we should go up to them and say, look, look, we'll wear your costumes on the show and shout out your show every single time. All you have to do is just lend us the costumes and we'll bring them back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, their shop will get a oh, shout Oh, I'd out. do that so... We might get more views. Mm. It'll give people a reason to actually go to the YouTube. We get audio listeners, but nobody likes our faces. Never... <laughs> so maybe we should get masks. Nice. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I, I think if we never address it as well, we just consistently do it. Oh, we've addressed like it now, though, already. Deadpan. Yeah, but this will be it. Connor, how, how are you today? You're just sat there, yeah, floating around in a spaceman suit. <laughs> One day I'm dressed like a ballerina. <laughs> You've got a little tutu. pink tutu. I've got the legs for it. You could do I've the Jim Carrey calms. tutu from oh. Oh, Ace Ventura. Yeah. <laughs> Is that Ace Ventura 1? Ace Ventura Pet Detective with, yes, the, with yes. the whale? Yeah, with the whale. <laughs> if I'm right back in five minutes... Just wait longer. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a film, what a film. Um, but sorry, no, to get back to something vaguely related to what we should be talking about. <laughs> yeah, training's going well, man. And I've been down to the new climbing centre, um, just past Spittle Hill te- Tesco, called The Hangar. The I invited Hanger. you there yesterday and you didn't come because you're a big Jesse. Uh, and you're too precious about your little fingies. Yes, it's... Well, I'll just tell you the truth. It's partly me... <laughs> Because I, when I go climbing, I quite like climbing. I, I can't, I'm not going to say I'm the most enthused about it. Um, like after you get up to the top of the wall, I kind of think, well, I'm at the top now. And then I come. That back. would be it. I know, and that's kind of it, isn't and it? And then you do another one. I know, and that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> how you've just described it is kind of how I feel. You're not wrong. But, but it absolutely destroys your hands. <clears throat> hmm. My calluses were... And I don't even have bad calluses. They're not like rock solid, but they're just... I don't know, for, for just from weightlifting. They're not that hard. But they were ripping off. The chalk dries out your hands. 
my skin was peeling for like a day or two after in like certain areas. Yeah, maybe it responds slightly different to me. I don't know. Because it was all... You, you've already got hardcore hands though. You've See, been this doing is the difference maybe. Yeah. Let, me have a, let me have a look. They're not too easy. They're not particularly rough at the minute. They're no, it's bit... not. But this is what I don't like. Oh, you, all right. See, tiny, I tiny bits of like. like look, I like mine like this. Look, it's nice. See? Oh, it's yeah. See, it's quite nice. Yeah, it's quite yeah. nice. It's sm I use hand moisturizers and stuff. See, I hate moisturizer. This is another thing. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I'm doing it again. Oh, it's the microphone. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to say it exactly so it's here. Partly for me, but also, like I told you, I fancy a lady. <laughs> Oh yes. Honestly, it's true. Pray tell. Honestly, it's true. This is a little uh, year three conversation for us. Let's have some gossip. I know. I'm feeling embarrassed already. Oh, and <laughs> we were just. Um, I fancy a lady talking, and she just told me she likes hands on people, and I was like, "What?" Because I've never really heard that that's a thing before. But I guess people just like what they like. So I was like, okay, "So now I'm really flipping." So you're gonna go Zoolander and just... be a hand model and get a, a thing to put it in, so that it's never I feel like... sullied by the outside air. What is it called when you get your hands done? Is it a pedicure? A pedicure? That's is, nails, isn't it? Yeah. Is, it? is there a one for hands? Yeah, maybe? I should know this, shouldn't I? You can definitely get, have to get into well, it. I sometimes have used files on my calluses before or clippers work. More of mine are nowhere near that. The amount of time you're walking around like a climbing soft. center and you'll just see some like guy made of forearms and sinew just sat there picking at his fucking oh, fingers just oh, like they, we don't need that bit today. Oh, it's my worst nightmare. You can't feel it. It like, it, yeah. No, I understand you can't feel yeah. it, but also... <laughs> it's nightmare. They just... You're digging out holes in your hands because the skin's so... I just, I just can't do it. So I'm not saying I'm never going to climb again, but... I'm going to drag you climbing. We'll just you're have, good at climbing. Just have, I'm, I'm not that good at climbing. You're small I'm, and strong. I'm not awful. I'm better than... Somebody who's never ex I mean, because I exercise and do pull-ups and stuff. This is so, it. That's what I mean, yeah. And I understand technique on things. And I watched a few YouTube instructionals about keeping your body weight close to the wall and how you point your feet and stuff. This is it, yeah. So I could Got do... Tense them toes. I could do the, the first three levels, but not the fourth one at the place where I went. Okay. Where was this? The depot. Oh, Sheffield. that feels nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could get up to the black ones and I could do like usually the first, they like the fourth level. And I could do like the first two or three handles on the black ones. And then yeah. just... My, my grip is just not strong enough because on that level, it's when it moves from the actual jugs jugs to the crimp ones where it's not got an actual handle. You have to use like insane finger strength to hold onto something that's not really real. And because of that, that's like the first kind of level where you can't get away without technique. Like you can often muscle your way up me, yeah. wax and stuff. But then if you get to whatever, it'll be next purple or something like that. Yeah, you've got to like... Every hold's got like a position that it's best utilized from kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. And your job is to yeah. figure out how to jam yourself into the wall to get in that position so that you can fully not use too much strength. It's a puzzle with your entire body. I love it. it. Yeah, I, a, I treat it like dancing for me. It's a problem solving game. They, well, they call them problems, don't they? Um, I like, don't know, to be honest. Yeah, they call them like, like roots are more like rope, uh, rope climbing or lead climbing or something like this because it's more of a like a root. But when it's just like a little thing like this and it doesn't even necessarily go up too much, it's just like a problem, they call it. Yeah, and you can always see, like, just stood at the bottom, like, doing it in your head first before yes. they go up the wall. And it is necessary because even oh, though I... Necessary. Even though I... <laughs> it's super necessary. Super necessary. <laughs> Can't just be running up like a bull in a china shop. Um, you don't follow mixed martial arts fighting, do you? Not particularly. Do you know Jorge Masvidal? You probably don't. No, no, I don't. You just reminded me of him so bad because he's got like the similar hair to you, and there's a, a famous, a world famous quote is him saying, "Oh, it's super necessary," <laughs> like that. Uh, it's super necessary. It's super necessary, Connor. Yeah, it um, is. Even comparing me to loads of fighters recently, are you, did you say Sean O'Malley yeah, recently you, as well? Every time I see Sean O'Malley, I think of oh, you. Right I think then. of you. Yeah. Cool. Um, he just has more tattoos and. 
can do spinning back kicks, but knocked a lot more in lots of out. other ways is similar as you. I, well, because he's, just, he's a silly boy and also got. Um, <laughs> I did watch a podcast with him in not long ago, and following that, some clips of him knocking the shit out of people. And he's a yeah, he's a technical wizard. Oh yeah, yeah, he's one of the best. Dude knows like, how to move. Strikers he in can the dance. world, definitely. Yeah, he can dance. Yeah. Well, I also watched. I'm not in any means a boxing fan, or nor claim to know anything about it. I'm kind of a Tyson Fury fan, and did I did you watch? I watched the highlights of it. Oh, I've, I watched the full thing. I also don't like boxing that much, but it was it's amazing. Insane. It was good. It's insane just how much the human head can be hit oh. by oh. what is just a piston. Yeah. Like, especially, I mean, both of them, but it's just when Wilder's down low and he throws a jab, his arm just, like, comes out of nowhere and it's, like, two metres long. Yeah. And it just appears. You're like, how are you that far away and yeah. able to hit this man? Yeah. It's insanity. And then how is that man able to just take it on the chin and be like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. For however long they did it for. Yeah, some people have just got different skulls. They've got that thick neck and that determination. <laughs> Tyson Fury literally said in his post-fight interview that Jesus gave him the power. <laughs> Good lad. I'm not Good even kidding. Lad. He literally said Jesus gives him the you power. Can, something did. It I wasn't human. Nothing in that ring was human. was my first thought. I don't know if we're mildly misinterpreting scripture. I don't know what Jesus yeah. thinks to smashing another dude in the head, like you are saying. But if Jesus wants what Jesus wants. Jesus if he, wants what If Jesus he wants, wants Tyson Fury to knock out Deontay Wilder, then by Lord, it happened. They're a very interesting commentary on genetics as well, the two of them next to each other. Especially with Tyson Fury winning. In what way? You mean like one of them six foot seven, one Just of them how six like, foot nine? Just how like, um, yeah, a physique, a genetic <laughs> response to a stimulus. Like they, for all intents and purposes, are training, regardless of what specificity they're doing differently. Like take for the the scene from Rocky Four when you've got Dolph Ludgren and then um, Sylvester yeah. Stallone. Like the same down to the difference that it's just technology versus not, you know. Okay. Regardless of what they're doing, it's the same. And then the the result is so different, like how Dante's genetics just lend themselves to being tapered and broad and his muscle bellies are so full and like rounded and he's capped. jacked and lean and he's basically. just insanely aesthetic as well I guess whereas Tyson say. Fury being one of the best athletes in the world does if you looked at his physique you, wouldn't, like necess- you yeah. wouldn't necessarily know that he'd ever exercised this is he's it. one of the best athletes in the world yeah it's crazy. But he also and he always bangs on that as well that it's funny he also is known for liking booze and cocaine, yeah. though, isn't he? So, so there is definitely I don't, I don't a know, And I don't know about Deontay Wilder. I don't know if he's hardcore on the nutrition. I don't know if he does cardio. I don't know if either. They must. They must do cardio. But I don't. I've, I don't follow boxing enough to know whether they're putting down like miles and miles running or what kind of training they're doing. To be honest with you, mm. I don't really know. But I understand what you mean. They're both tall. One of them's for all intents and purposes, <laughs> they output the same result, and that the machine to do it is just different. Yeah. Well, if we just keep with heavyweight boxing again, not that I know much, but then there's also Anthony Joshua from the UK. Yeah. Another absolute Facts. Greek god physical specimen. Absolute muscles upon muscles. Yeah, versus Ex- who did he? Extremely good looking versus Andy Ruiz, that, the Mexican guy. That was it. Kind of an overweight guy. Mm. Kind of an overweight guy, but also... Throws hands. Throws hands real fast. Throws hands real fast. a long time. He's got good cardio. He just enjoys them fajitas, <laughs> doesn't he? He just... <laughs> it's interesting to see the difference <laughs> what they're consuming yeah Tyson Fury just where's he from Ireland uh, good question I don't actually know no I'm not too we'll sure try and find it out he's known as the Gypsy King yeah which is what, what's got me thinking that but, but so maybe that's just hereditary because he doesn't have any I don't know accent does he like yeah I'm not sure uh, he, he, he sounds <coughs> when I was listening to him on the post fight interview he sounded kind of Yorkshire mm, to me in a mm. way like some of the ways he pronounced things yeah, he's definitely not from Southern Landon, I wouldn't say. No, it didn't sound like Let's it. Let's see what the interwebs has to say about us. Um, 
Absolutely insane though that fight. Just again, without knowing anything technical about boxing. Oh, Manchester. It says he was born in Manchester anyway. Wow. That's what it says on Wikipedia. I don't know where he's like spent his time. I, yes. I can't really find it out that fast unless I just Google it that quick on the internet, like where he spent most of his life. But mm. it says he was born in Manchester. And he was uh, raised by Jesus, by the looks of things. Yeah, and he was he was raised to be a boxer as well. Yeah. He's named after Mike Tyson. Yeah. That's why he's yeah, called yeah, Tyson literally. Fury. Yeah. And um, I think his dad, his dad was some kind of like boxing champion. I've some kind who's like, also like six like foot nine or something, is, yeah. like some absolutely huge guy. It was a good fight though, wasn't it? Because heavyweight boxing is sometimes boring. They sometimes the they just, endurance for the two of them saying as well, yeah. It was, yeah, because they're big the highlights guys. I saw was thirty minutes long. I don't know how long the fight was. Um, well, it was it'll have been twelve three minute rounds, wouldn't it? With a short amount of breaks, so was not much longer rounds? than thirty minutes. Then. I wasn't sure what the knockout um, happened. Was it a knockout at the end? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Tyson Fury winning by knockout, yeah. No thanks. Eventually. Deontay be- Wilder just looked very tired by the end, basically. The yeah, he was flagging it. Yeah. But they'd both been down a few times. Yeah, for sure. It was quite exciting. It was. A, boxing it, well, was it, it was a very, exciting. like, yeah, rocky match of, like, get down was. to the point, like, this You're man right. has died. And yeah. then Jesus resurrects him, like we said. Yeah, they were both, one was down, the other one was down, one was winning, the other one was winning, the odds were swapping. And it's nice to see, like, we've always known Fury can dance and can throw, but to see that he's got heart as well, because he's never really been knocked on his ass, like, dead that many times before. Um, well, in the last fight yeah, well, before, other than with Dante, Wilder, he went yeah, down, didn't he? It, people like, were saying that he got raised by Jesus that yeah, time as well. Like, I, that I guess this thing. is the first time these two fights that we've seen that he's he can do that. I'm not really sure yet, because I've not really tested, followed it yeah. that closely for that long. Yes, we like these things. Interesting. There was, um, oh, there was another fight thing that happened that I was very... No, not a fight thing, a sports event. I'm not sure. Somebody else won something this last week, and it was good. I don't know. The tennis was on. Marathons have been else. happening. I don't know. Stuff like this. Well, in my house, since my clients have been doing well, old Rob has been doing little marathons and things, so he's been doing well. Rob? L- purple, lo- sh- purple t-shirt Rob? Yeah. yeah see, like- local celebrity Rob. <laughs> we all yeah. know Rob. His reputation yeah. proceeds. I see him in the street and he gives me a nod. He's a sometimes. good lad, Rob. We like Rob. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so he, yet, did, he did what? Sheffield half? Or? He did. He sent me yesterday saying he'd done the Sheffield 10 10 10. I don't know what that is, though. I've been out mm. of the loop a bit. I also don't really know what that is. I no. don't think. Let's find out. I don't know if it was an exaggeration <laughs> of his part or if it was something legit. Sounds like it's almost a triathlon type of situation. But it's come straight up on Google. I know People he know what it is or not us. Is it just a 10K? The Sheffield 10 10 10 returns on the 10th of the. 10th again this year oh, for the 10, 11th 10. edition of 10K the UK's on the 10th trail. The 10th. Okay, so it's not like yes. three 10 it's just one 10K, it's just the on the 10th finish. of the 10th. Okay. If you did it, how <laughs> that's a nice little psychological trick to get people to do things. We'll call it the 10 10 10 and you just make it 30K in reality. <laughs> just say that Makes it's it sound hardcore. Three tens, it's easy. Yeah, it's true, it's true. People like fancy names for things though, don't we? Mm. Um, my training's changed a little bit as well. I've mm-hmm. stopped dieting since, probably since about the last time we did the podcast, I think just shortly after that, so maybe a month ago, um, I stopped calorie deficit and I've just been at calorie maintenance. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I've gained like maybe one to 1.5 kg. Um, not yeah. really any body fat. Not, yeah. Just a bit of balloon weight. Um, yeah. I felt better immediately. I be- bet. Better energy levels. What deficit were you in? 
Some. I don't know. I don't calorie count. Some. And now your maintenance is just, what, intuitive eating? Yeah, just, A bit of a bio approach to uh, it? Yeah, intuitive and mindful eating. Yeah, I still nice. don't calorie count or anything like this. After the amount of time you've spent educating people, being lean, trying to put on all, all the variations of calorie consumption, yeah. you'll just know how to eat at this point. Yeah, I just eat by basic, by feeling, essentially. But I can only do that because this is what I explain to my members, that because some of them question if I'm getting them to calorie count, why don't I calorie count? And it's an excellent question. It's because I did calorie count in the past for like three years. So I know the calorie count. I know what calories are in things, especially the things I eat, because I did it for long enough. So I understand when looking at food. And then I've, like you said, changed my diet and been mindful of it and controlling so it for that times. long. Yeah, that I can look at, you could just show me on a table a day's worth of food and I'll tell you whether that's too much for me or not. Yeah. Literally just by looking at it. And even if you couldn't see it, you'd get eating and you'd just I'd be stop. able to feel it. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know. And almost to the point of like even split up into the meals, though. it does, it does. Because there's, there's a comparison with training, actually, I think we spoke about before, which is that I explain to clients, not necessarily based on time, but on experience, there's a point when you can start um, putting in exercises that are easier to program uh, and make sure that you're not cheating the technique as you're making um, gains and you're getting heavier, uh, you're putting more weight on the bar and you're trying to get more reps, that you can you can use like harder exercises as like um, your staple ones because you're so good at them that you know your technique isn't wavering week to week, if that makes sense. Yes. So like initially, I don't often give people a bent over row, uh, like a freestanding barbell bent over row, for example, as their as a like progressively overloaded exercise because okay. it's super hard for them to know where their back angle is and they've got to look for in the mirror. For beginners or for anyone? For beginners generally. Okay. Uh, anyone, yeah, but that's kind of the point. And so you've always kind of got them to look in the mirror and then you're looking to try and remember the angle. But it gets to a point where you get super good with proprioception that you can know yes. in a way that you would put a setting on a machine and be like, yep, same as last time, number seven. You like hinge down to number seven in your bent over row. And you're like, okay. And yeah, that's exactly. the same technique every time. Exactly. It's like changing gear in a car or something. At yeah. first, you're, like, you're a bit clunky and you don't know how to move your feet and your hands at the same time while watching the road and also not crashing into the person in front. But then after like a month of doing it, you just... You don't even think, you just kind of just flick your feet and it all just happens on its own. Mm. Because you've just done it that many times, you just groove the technique to where it should be. Yeah, exactly that. And I, yeah. there's definitely things that that takes longer with than not, but it's a nice little... Um, it does take sometimes years with exercise. It's a nice little caveat to say that, like I always say with exercise, if you're trying something new, a new exercise, give it a good three weeks of like twice a week practicing it yeah. before you decide if it's any good for you or not. Because the amount of times I've had clients, not to their detriment, it's how the brain works, but I give them an exercise, they do the first three reps and go, I don't feel it. I'm like, do another 20. <laughs> see if you feel it then. Yeah. And then we'll do another two sets and then we'll do it again on Friday. And then and we'll do it for three weeks and then we'll see if you feel it. <laughs> and I would say even after three weeks, if they still don't like it, I would say leave it three to six months and then try it again. Oh yeah, when not necessarily when to say get away better, from it. Or your muscles yeah. better yeah. or you're just in a different place or you've practiced different exercises. Maybe like you said, you're feelings of training or proprioception, how you feel about it kind of thing internally has changed, etc. Because I know for me, there's there's exercises I didn't used to like that now I love, like bench press, for example. Mm. I didn't use to bench press for a long time. I used to think it was awkward and it hurt my shoulders. And I didn't like the position and this and that. Eventually, either my posture got better or I got better at it or something shoulders changed. Shoulders got healthier. Something. Yeah, something, something changed. And then it just started working. And I thought, oh, very nice. I know you'll never, but it'd be interesting <laughs> to put you on a strength program. Yeah, I just don't think it'd go well. And it, excuse me, be interesting to, with that, change your literal te techniques of things to be more strength, Yeah, be more powerful, Yeah, which would be interesting because yeah. 
yeah, you've always been excellent at technique, but it's always been for the sake of putting tension on the muscle as yeah. opposed to making the movement easy yeah. and be efficient. I'm kind of doing it the more like a bodybuilding style. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to make it harder for the muscle, not easier. Yes. And less efficient in a way to make it more damaging. Which is such an interesting, <laughs> I find, um, difference between like two things in the gym that are essentially the same, or, or at least people perceive as being the same, like bodybuilding and powerlifting a lot of the time. Mm. They're like, yeah, you're just lifting weights. Whereas there's such difference, like um, I really enjoy with clients when you get to the point that you can start teaching the technique, not of the movement and how it looks like physically, but mm. how to be strong, if that yes. makes sense. Like how to drive power, yes. take power from otherwhere, elsewhere in your yes. body and drive it in the right direction. Like when we were doing handstands and you were teaching me to like stack the joints mm. and stuff like that, like teaching. Yeah, these kind of things. That makes sense. And yeah, it's using the same tool, but it's for a different thing. It'd be like comparing a race car driver to a taxi driver. Yeah, but you're both just driving. <laughs> yeah, no, know. it's not the same though. That is interesting. It's not it? the same, is it? It's, a, it's the same tool for a completely different thing. Mm. Mm. Um, I have got some news of the week. What news has been going on? I've been had my head in the sand, man. Nothing great, to be honest. No? No, nothing great. No real... One one thing that I wanted to talk to you about, about training, and then a couple of nutrition things, and then I've actually got a new segment for you at the end. Oh, good. I've created a new segment. Good. We'll I'm to, excited for that. We'll get to it at the end. The, the first thing that I came across, um, let's have a look at this, was in The Guardian... An article titled, From Fringe to Mainstream, How Millions Have Got a Taste for Going Vegan. Ooh. So it was an article about veganism being on the rise. What do you think about veganism in general? I think um, veganism is, on paper, the best diet you can have. Do you? As yeah. Assuming, well, as in, it, we're talking for sheer, like, what would you say? And that sheer like physical benefit as opposed to like letting other factors like mental enjoyment and things creep in. Because okay. it's so, but then I think the problems with veganism lie in the practicality of it. The fact that if it is perfect, when you consider that that's if you're getting the same macro and micronutrients and calories that you might get from a more yes. inclusive diet yes that's where it's assuming that it's the best it falls down i think in the practicality of the matter that there's a lot of vegan junk food out there yes. and there's a lot of people that just find their bread and butter for vegan foods as it were maybe bread and butter but vegan butter and they just stick to it and they don't um they don't have enough variation in their diet i think is a problem yeah what do uh -huh. you say yeah, veganism's fine. It's mm. the same as any other diet. It's not necessarily healthier or unhealthier or better or worse than any other diet. It's not really what the foods start as. It's like you said, it's what nutrition you get. It's yeah. what, what the foods, just purely from a physical perspective. Like you could argue that veganism might be better for the planet. Yes, Argu this is nice. Arguments argument. can be made, you know, for like the environment and stuff, sure. I learned recently how much <coughs> land in America is dedicated to cows, including their housing, their where food is grown for yes. them, things like this. Do you know what it is? No. In America? No. 41%? 41% of their entire country. Is that true? That sounds fake. It's insane. I'm going to Google it. That's I mean, go for it, bro. <laughs> sounds like a fake fact, but yeah. let's find out. It's a, it's, okay, if we're, I will, if content creators that we are, we like to share, you know, and there's a channel that I watch on YouTube called Corridor. Holy bro. shit, it's right. It's true, isn't it? Nice. There's a VFX <laughs> well, channel. It's, well, wait, wait. I've, what I've, you got? I've reacted too early. <laughs> The top thing on... Wait. Don't read into it, Connor. Just take everything I say at the baseline. No, I can't. What are you doing? Ah, Same for you, viewers. Ah. Don't do your own research. <laughs> <laughs> the top result on Google says it's true, but it's yes. also from a website called treehugger.com. 
I'm hugging that tree, bro. <laughs> I don't know about its legitimacy. Delve a little deeper, see what you got. And no, I learned this from a chap called Ren, who works in a little Hollywood studio, uh, VFX studio, and he did an excellent video recently about energy and There are other whatnot. people quoting it to be true. I recommend though. it. There are other people yeah, quoting it to be true. It is, it is true. Like, yeah. But why is that a bad thing? It's just an insane thing, I think. Um, well, and just the... I mean, it's, yeah. Well, I, I don't, I, I'm butchering statistics now, but I heard something along the lines of, again, an argument for veganism. If we eradicated just all the cows in the world, yes, the, like, methane levels and general, like, um, atmosphere yes. would change to a benefit, like, that could reverse global warming almost. I'm not sure about this. I mean, I just got my. I just thought that other fact you said was wrong, and it turned out to be right. So I'm, I'm not an environmentalist. These, there's um, definitely truth behind that. I don't, I don't I, know the numbers. I've no idea. No, but. I don't know what percentage. Yeah. Um, let's see if we can Google it. Um, cow. Like if Google we cow if we killed all the cows for global warming. But is that how do you do that though in today's day and age? Yeah, because what you just said was eradicate all the cows. And if you're a vegan, how do you eradicate however many cows are? What's, what does eradicate mean, William? Oh no! How do we, we get rid of all the cows? Oh, a glitch in the what matrix. What do we do with all the cows that are there now? It's not good. That's <laughs> hilarious. Mm -mm -mm. What say Google, Connor? Um, it says animal agriculture accounts for eleven percent of greenhouse gases. Um, this is from skepticalscience.com showing graphs. Again, legitimacy. I can't. I'm not a environmentalist and can't necessarily say whether that's true or not. But it seems to be eleven percent. It's definitely a contributing factor. Mm. It says the biggest is electricity and heat, which is thirty-one percent. Transportation is fifteen percent. Manufacturing is twelve point four percent. And then the fourth largest contributor is animal agriculture, accounting for eleven percent of greenhouse gas. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, you'd um, be interested in this video I was on about. The bloke was talking about how we could run the whole world off solar power and um, what that would mean and how it would look like in practicality. If we they're were trying that. that slowly, aren't they? Elon Musk is, um, he, he owns a lot of solar power in like yeah, Australia and stuff. Yeah. And people are looking at this because then we could harness energy for free, basically. Well, actually, because what I saw that was interesting was that, oh, what was, there was something like, um, it would take 11% of the land mass in America if it was solar panels. 11% of America would power all of America. Like something like 11% exposed to what you would expect to see in a, mm. in a day would power all of America versus like at the minute, the kind of like like 24% is coal excavation and mm. then there's oil and mm. then, you know, there's so many uh, avenues as there were that you could boil down so much if we just wanted to. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's difficult as well, isn't it? Like the technology is only just sort of coming around for solar power. One of the issues with solar power is that the sun actually doesn't put out that much energy per square inch hitting the earth. So it's not even necessarily that we don't have good enough solar power. It's that like if you put your hand out on it to the sun, it only gets so hot, doesn't it? Only oh, yeah. so much hits it. It's not like in most places on earth, it's not that intense. So it still takes time to gather the energy and you do need a lot of space like you just And you said. need storage as well. Of you do need huge batteries and yeah. that's also an issue, yeah. isn't it? Battery technologies has got slow go progression mm. lately since creation. Mm, true, true. Very interesting. I'm excited, you know, for the future and uh, all of the revolutions that might come with it for things like this. Oh yeah, lots of things will change. Like I don't... I feel like, we'll, I feel like our lifetime might see another kind of revolution, like, you know, like the industrial. Oh yeah. Yeah, there'll be an electric revolution or it's, something. It's going to be, it's, there's, there'll be many. In it's the already been the decade. internet revolution, it'll be the AI revolution. <laughs> it'll be another technology revolution of different kinds. Ooh, 
Nope. Speaking of AI, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll tell you a bit of n- very newsworthy news that's come out is that I've watched the What If series by Marvel. Don't know if you've seen it. I've never even heard of this. Oh man, it was so good. It, it was about AI towards the end, and it was about an AI that uh, elevated his, himself to the position of thinking universes out of existence and just basically ended everything because he decided to, <laughs> including himself. No, at the end, he at the end there's a funny moment where he's like, hmm. Hmm. What now? Yeah, he now doesn't know what to do with himself. He's a program without a purpose. Yeah. <coughs> Sounds strange. I'm not sure what this is. This is a TV series. It's a spin-off of the regular MCU universe. You know all that nerd stuff I like. I We've talked about it before. Yes, I know. I know about Marvel. You know about the MCU. What's MCU Marvel comic universe. Is that what you? Cinematic universe. Marvel cinematic. Universe. So like, it's the twenty. Okay. What are there now? Five movies in that have been released in that. This is a spin-off of that, and the the print the, um, what do you call it? The concept of it is what if, as in like if in a different universe. The first episode, for example, have you seen the first Captain America? where Steve Rogers gets, he basically gets steroids and he gets jacked and then he's a super soldier. Cool, right? I've seen the clip of him like Mm -hmm. coming out of a tube and then he's big. Okay, so this tube, it happens, but he ends up not being able to do it and his missus, Peggy Carter, steps in and becomes Captain Carter. And then you have this female super soldier. Sounds cool. It was... It was so sick. It was, was it? so sick, bro. Yeah, I'm going to watch it from the start immediately again. Review, it was so it sick, was bro. So sick, bro. <laughs> bro? Bro? It was so sick. Bro, you don't understand how sick it was. Oh, it my was. God. It was so sick. In my humbling opinion. Oh, my God. And in Rob's opinion. Rob backs me on this. He's my source of nerd wisdom as well. Okay, shout yeah. out to Rob again. So that's just a little thing. Oh, my God. Um, can I read through some of this article? Please do, bro. This is again, from fringe to mainstream, how millions have got a taste for going vegan. It says something about the gathering momentum of veganism that last week it breached not only one, but two bastions of British culinary culture. First, there were complaints after the fanfare of eggs, butter and cream on the Great British Bake Off. Okay. Are we taking the piss? What? Exactly. You're going to... People are complaining Uh, that that they're using eggs to make cakes. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Are they going to make that vegan now? You can. You yeah, definitely can. No. no, you can. You yeah, can, I know you can. You can make junk food identical without it, but it's Great British Bake Off. Who's That's what I'm saying. You're make Who's br- seeing an British egg on a cake show and getting upset? Stop it, ladies and gentlemen. You're up, you've got have you got nothing better to do. It, your life must be amazing if an egg on a Great British Bake Off upsets you. If you've got if you're writing a letter, yeah, you're really screwed. Who even is it to the is it the BBC or whoever to whoever owns the Great British Bake Off? And you're saying you've got too many eggs. I counted. <laughs> just sh- I was oh, sat there oh, with a oh. notebook no, no, looking at stop the screen it. Get, I mean, do you reckon they get locally sourced eggs do something useful with your life what sorry do you reckon they get locally sourced eggs from wholesale farmers be or nice if they did that would be that, I feel like that would be a string to their um, bow as it were like it would be a solid argument like no well you see but we actually get it from her and some people still don't care do they very true for me I think eggs are a bit of a grey area in veganism. Because, like, if you eat an egg, it's not an animal. And it's never going to be an animal. Like, if you sat on an egg or no, you put the chicken back on it, it's not going it? no, to become a chicken. It's a waste product. It's basic... It's... I've let eggs go off in the kitchen before. I know how that goes. Oh not a good God. time. 
it's a waste product from a chicken, isn't it? And if you get chickens at your house or something and you keep them alive and give, give them protection from foxes, give them a nice little life and they run around and then they lay eggs for you as like a little thank you and then mm -hmm. you eat these eggs. Mm -hmm. Who's hurting in this situation? This is, I don't know that I've got all the facts to weigh on on this. Um, are chickens' eggs that aren't fertilised, i.e. the ones we eat, mm. are they just, like you're saying, waste products they're not fertilised or is that a, a human intervention? Uh, I think both. Mm. Because if, then, then that kind of knocks the argument back a bit. Both. Yeah. Because if there was a rooster present, then the <clears throat> egg might bec become an actual Oh, is chicken. that it? Is it that chickens just constantly are making eggs? Yes, but, but if we have bred chickens and they do give them things to make them make way more eggs. Ah. Like, I think chickens, some, I'm going to make this up, I'm getting it wrong, but it's something like chickens used to make one or two eggs a week. Now they make more like one a day. I've heard things like this. You know, because they've been either bred or... Which is pretty insane. It's just what we do with every animal. We've just bred with ones, the ones that produced more eggs. We bred them with the ones that produced more eggs until we got ones that produced even no, more I'm eggs. No, I'm trying to think of that, like a shell forming that fast daily is pretty cool. I don't know. Yes, I guess so. For me, yeah. That, yeah, I guess pretty, so. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder how it yeah. starts. That's super cool, yeah. Huh. I suppose animal, well, even people, animals have been making eggs all the way back to like dinosaurs, aren't they? And, I mean, I think, because there's a weird kind of, like if we were just... Um, closer to our ancestors and whatnot, and mm. we were just out hunting and getting food. Like, hashtag, for example, like paleo. I don't have an issue with hunting for the sake of eating at all, particularly, so long as you're okay. not um, going after a, what do you call them, endangered species and whatnot. If you're just hunting the masses of okay. fish, of whatever would be in the woods or whatever, squirrels and rabbits and that, I don't see like the one-to-one -one issue with that. Okay. Um, but then when where does that kind of end like if i shoot yes. if i shoot it for you is that okay because then that's getting towards like now i'm setting up a shop and okay. then that, like where does it it's weird isn't it like where the morals end. yes and i don't think anybody really except maybe the people doing it like factory farming i don't think anybody there's some weird people working at factory farms for sure yeah because some people are setting it up as a business but i don't think really most people who eat meat or eat eggs or drink milk really like the idea of the factory farming part of it in my opinion it's it's been a necessary evil that we'll look back on as absolutely disgusting but future generations when they're in the thick of it and they didn't change their beliefs halfway through their lives they'll be like these people in the past really they yeah they this? used to enslave animals and then breed them only for slaughter but the other which is yeah it's not the greatest but how else are we going to feed everyone what do we want to do we've got too many people do you want to get rid of them instead because we are you know what we now who are we talking to thanos <laughs> you know fucking adolf yeah. Who the fuck are we talking it's to? It's not a good time, is it? No. So we've got too many people. How are we going to feed all these people? We kind of need to do it at the minute. Are we trying to work our way out of it? Yes, we are. They found out recently that if you feed cows some percent, some low percentage seaweed, it stops them farting methane. Interesting. Yeah. They just need to get more fibre in the diet. Loophole. What we need to do, I say, surge ahead, go for more technological advancement, and we'll like shift the cows to another planet that well, we can... Well, this is how it's already going. Um, you can now buy a steak that's being created from a stem cell. Ah, I see. You went down a better, better path um, there. I went to space travel again. <laughs> Intergalactic crows. We're back. Intergalactic cows this time, Connor. Okay, okay. Um, which I think sounds better. <laughs> I'd ride a cow into space. 
But no, that sounds interesting. Test tube steak. Yeah, this is a real thing. Mm, Um, I've heard of this actually. It's been around for about five or ten years. I can't exactly remember. But they basically got some kind of like skin cell from one cow and then reverted it back into a stem cell and then turned it into a muscle cell and then turned it into a steak. Reusable cow. Yes, no no animals were harmed in the making of this (laughs) steak, literally. And it used to be about $200,000 for a steak. Now it's more like ten. Huh, for, of these steaks? Yeah, for oh, a steak, you can buy these. That's starting to be... For a steak, you can where buy can it. you buy these? Not it's more country. like an online... Okay. Not in this country, but you can buy it in the world. It's a thing, literally. Interesting. Literally, and it's not expensive anymore. Anyway. No, It's not expensive. It's a, it's a steak that's never been a cow. This is this is what the future of food will be, and it's a good thing, because it means we won't have yeah. to... Maybe, maybe people still will raise cows, and maybe you'll be able to go to like a, a unique, expensive gourmet restaurant and get a slice of a real one. That's but what I wonder. People, yeah, I, I most wonder people that about are like, eating... Lab meat, mm. which you, which can be better in some ways. Predictions you know. on how long that is before it takes effect. It's, more, a, it's a real thing now. Yeah, but more uh, commonplace. Ten more years co- or less. Commercially. Yeah. Ten years or less. I'd say about a decade. Yeah, yeah ten years or less at some point. This is what I'm excited thing. for. And like um, things like cars as well. Like, well, take out like a, the iRobot film or something. Like he's got a petrol or a, or summit motorbike that is like. Um, analog for all intents and purposes, whereas everything's digital there mm-hmm. and that everything's electric and this. That, it's and like owning a muscle car these days. This is it. Like this is gonna. When's that gonna be a, a thing? And there's just like a, a few of them on the road. Oh, it's gonna be weird watching the change. In our lifetime, we'll have seen it gone from yeah, it's like no electric small... cars on the road to all electric cars yeah. on the road and throwing potatoes at people not in electric cars. Well, I think it'll be further. It'll be not only electric cars. There'll be no one driving. It'll just be full autopilot on all cars. Oh, where, I see, yeah. Because they've already got self-driving cars now, Teslas and stuff. You can just tell it where you want to go on the GPS yeah, yeah. and it just takes you without you driving. I reckon within our lifetime, they'll ban humans from driving at some point. <gasps> or they'll make it you know, less and less and less and it'll become uncommon. I think there'll be cars where all four seats face each other. So you're facing each other in a square because nobody has to drive. And then the car just takes you to where you want to go. Yeah, the concept cars are like that already. I think only don't work to their full capacity because the the system doesn't support it. Like you've yeah, got soon every you've car got too many cars car on the road is. actually crashing. Yeah. The ones with human error behind them. <laughs> and I so think they, the computers already crashed crashed statistically less than humans as well. Do you mean like just computer computers? Like the, the Tesla auto driving cars, it, it can. It, oh, so it drove like a million miles before it crashed. Oh yeah, humans drive. Humans. Crashed if you like look at when they at the locate at the times they have crashed, it's more of a they they failed to respond quick enough to another person causing the crash, Perhaps. which is obviously like oh no, it didn't respond fast enough, but neither did a human. <laughs> yeah, if you know, it was like at that point, it's like car over there, we've might, done well so far. It yeah. might not have been the car, might not have been. Yeah, yeah, if they were the both or auto, that's what I'm saying. If the system as a whole yeah. was just synergistically a system, that's what I think it would And get then to. every car would have more like a flight system, and it'd be on a path than so it would fast. have a this, that, and the other. You wouldn't get congestion because they'd just time things like, like imagine you're in a smart car at the minute and it goes, oh, it's busy over here. We'll take this route. But if it's busy, if it's busy over here, the cars there are thinking the same thing and they're thinking we'll take this route and that all communicates with each other. And somehow there's an algorithm there that makes everything just flow a little smoother. It will do. The cars will go so fast. They'll, they'll perfectly fit in between each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Going really fast. Actually, just... that's an interesting. They've got... I feel like that's quite a, a realistic look at what that could look like because it's not particularly three-dimensional in, in like iRobot. They just go across the floor, but then they have those like three-dimensional car parking spaces. I don't that, remember, that they have it's in been Japan. so long since I've watched this film. Mm. I don't remember what it's like, to be honest. Mm. Technology. 
Interesting though, isn't it? It's going to be crazy changes. They're going to be crazy changes. Yeah, um, let's get back to the article. Um, Then Cadbury announced that from next month, there would be a vegan alternative to its signature confectionery, the dairy milk chocolate bar. The Cadbury plant bar substitutes almond paste for the glass and a half of milk said to go into every dairy milk bar. There's not a glass and a half of milk in every dairy milk bar. No, because I'm lactose intolerant and I can eat a full 1,000... Calorie dairy milk. You've tested massive this one. Yeah, nothing happens. Huh. There's no milk in it. Oh, the very. I can handle a little bit of dairy. There's not much milk in it. Not as much as they're trying to like pretend that there is. Why would um, they? Bu- well, maybe that's the principle. Like iPhones do. Like um, so much better than the last one we produced. You mm-hmm. know, like it's so much. Why? What are you asking? Why? Vegan. Why? What? Why would they um, b- say that this is more? Not bad for you, but less vegan, where they could be like, be like, ah, this has got a bit in it, but this has got none, you know? No, I still don't understand what you mean, I'm sorry. Like, they're marketing it by lying about their other product and saying... Oh, the glass and a half of milk one. They've always said that. They're just trying to make the chocolate seem healthier than it is. By saying it's got a glass and a half of milk in it. Yeah, because they're mm. trying to act like you get protein or calcium or something from it, and you just don't get either of those things from that chocolate. It's that kind of splitness of the... Trying to appeal to everyone as well, in it? Like, yeah, there's yeah. veganism, this is good. Man. I'm not against um, vegan chocolate, though. Have you tried the Galaxy Vegan Bar? I would like to, yeah. It's nicer than the normal one. I'll snap. I'm not I'll snap they do a salted caramel one, an orange one, and something else, like so, a, a different... Then, honestly, it's nice. Mm-hmm. They've figured out that you just don't need to put animal-saturated fat into it. You can just put plant-saturated fat into the recipe, and it's just exactly the, the same. What is plant-saturated fat? Um, like coconut oil, ah, for example, or shea butter. Might be another one. Yeah. Um, these say they're using almond paste instead of dairy saturated fats to make it that yeah, creamy true, thing. Cool, cool, you cool. can do that. You can use just alternative. They've just figured out how to use alternative fats in yeah, recipes. Like, I don't understand almond, almond milk one bit. Why? Because where's the milk? No, you can't milk an almond. Obviously, have you looked on the ingredients? No. It's ninety-eight percent water, two percent blended almonds. That's what it is. It's basically you get a, you get a liter bottle of water, you drop like. I don't even know how many almonds, a quarter of one? And then you blend the crap out of it until it's all, then that's it. There's something similar about actual milk as well. I heard, I saw something not long ago, you'd have to Google it or something. Um, I forgot exactly, but something along the lines of there's only like 2% actual milk in in milk as well. This sounds like another fake fact. I don't know. (laughs) What do you you mean? I'm going to have a look. What do you mean? There's no milk in what milk. What percent is milk? What percent of milk is milk? Yeah. That's Wait. not going to work. What? I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, what I'd love says. to. What percentage <laughs> of milk is milk? Okay, is water, should I go with water? That's more of a dividing. No. Okay, is milk. Okay, you want to go with milk? What percentage of milk is water? I'm going to say like flipping 95% or something, definitely. What percent of milk is milk? 3.25. How is that possible? <laughs> then what's the rest of it? I mean, maybe it's in the, specific, the specifics it. of it, Stop the minutiae, should you say? I hope so. Because it says contains not less than 3.25% milk fat. It's oh, like milk one fat. word. That's, no, that's fat. But no, it says it as one word. That's like, like it's a, green milk or something. It's 1% milk, milk, really milk. milk. 2%, 1% and non-fat milk are not in not intact because they, they've been stripped of some of their dairy fat, which makes them less creamy. It's the still milk, admin. What percentage of milk is water? 90%. Oh, I wasn't far off. I would have said 90. Yeah, yeah. 90 plus, definitely. Mm. It's got some fats, some protein, Mm. some calcium and vitamins, nothing else. Is 2% milk a water? Milk is approximately 87% water and 13% solid. Uh-huh. As it comes from the cow, the solids proportion of milk contain about 3.4 fat. Nice, that solids, non-fat. Interesting, yeah. Milk's lying to us. 
Yeah, it's the same with oat milk. Which, to be fair, anything that's not blue top milk, in my opinion, is just water lying about in milk. Anything what, sorry? That's not blue top. Oh, you, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't mind green, but yeah. So have you tried gold top milk? Yeah, that's the shit. It's like even, right there. even fattier, even yeah. creamier. Not an option if you're trying to be shredded. Mm. Mm. Um, anyway, this article's boring. It's it's saying more things about veganism. The truth of the matter is veganism is fine. You can do it. But like you said, it can be a bit awkward on your lifestyle and you have to be careful to get your nutrition in. You have to be careful of your protein sure. intake, um, your omega-3 intake, B vitamin intake, iron intake... What else? I'd just be careful of every vitamin and mineral. To be fair, I take every vitamin and mineral supplement on top of a, a healthy, balanced diet anyway. Yeah. So if you're a vegan, in my opinion, you just need to be on top of your supplements. You probably need to get a protein shake. But then after that, you're probably looking at feeling real nice all the time, having good um, digestive systems and gut health. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it depends. Some people would, some people wouldn't. Um, like some people, vegetables and fruits give them, give them IBS. Um, some people it doesn't. Like for me, meat works really well. You know, like some people, if they eat meat, that might give them stomachache if they eat a load of meat um, or they can get constipated and stuff. I can eat loads of meat forever and it's great. <laughs> but some fruits and vegetables give me really bad, bad IBS. I still yeah, isn't Because, yeah, like I would always say that the best diet is, that, yeah, mm, always specific to you because there's always... It is, that's the truth. Satiation, for example, just to like allow that you don't realise how important that is for an actual like considered diet. But if you... If you're basing your diet off a principle alone, such as no animal products... Yes. It does make that that principle a little tricky as well, and you've got to conform to what you've decided. But yeah, you can make it work. Oh yeah, veganism is definitely legit. You can make, you make, it, can work, make it work, but you can't be you cannot be lazy about it. It's just oh, hard. Eat, it's super hard. Yeah, if you're a nutritionally poor vegan, you're about to have a bad time. Oh yeah, you're about to be have really low energy levels. You'll probably lose muscle mass. People get vitamin and mineral deficiencies. People start to just look not well. People I could not sleep switch all to, the time. to vegan. If I switched to vegan, I would die in a month. I reckon. You'd have to have like four or more protein shakes per day, basically. I would, I'd live off liquid is what I would probably end up happening. Yeah, which and you'd have to find high much. calorie plant foods, which it's easier these days because you can buy like ready meals and like plant burgers and plant sausages. But that's sausages when you get and, lost in the junk kind of stuff. Yeah, section, then now you're getting back into a process yeah, diet that you're yeah. trying to hopefully avoid in the first place. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh anyway. dear. Anyway. All right, next article then. I did want to ask you about this. The mm. article is from Men's Health, which is mm, debatable as a source of information, <laughs> but they kind of get it right. But I wanted to talk to you about it instead of what their opinions let's are anyway. See, let's discuss. The article is entitled, How Functional Training Can Make You Stronger for Everyday Life. Okay. And I just want to talk to you about what is functional training and what would people do if they wanted to not necessarily, they don't, they don't care about lifting the most weight in the gym. They're not trying to be the most jacked person. I have clients like this all the time. I say to them, what are your goals? They say they just want to move and feel better. They just want to be able to just be on the earth easier, basically. They want yeah. to get up and down and move better and be able to play with the kids and... Maybe they've got a, a bit of a strenuous job and they want to perform better. I don't know. So what do you think about functional training? Yeah, I think I think that um, is a very nice summary of it. Is that it's a it's a reservation to the idea that you're going to get big and strong. Uh, that's it's not really on the table if you if you're focusing on functional training at least. For, for some people though, wouldn't you say that getting bigger or stronger might be part of their function? Yeah, for sure. You know, like if somebody's like got I would, low level muscle mass. Well, I would strength. argue that in functional training, like in terms of not the training itself but the what it needs to be for, for it to be functional in life the biggest thing is mechanical health yes. which i would split up into mobility 
passive range of motion strength and just strength strength in general. Okay, passive you're going to you're gonna have to go through each one of those. So mobility is on paper defined by the range of motion around a joint. So less like static stretching, like stretching your hamstrings, reaching for the toe type thing, okay. but more like sitting in a squat and these kind of things. More mobility that you use in day-to-day -day life. So uh, it's how well you can move into different positions. Into different positions. Like uh, one of the best tests for it is see if you can squat down in a uh, in a deep squat you're looking for a nice arch in your foot with your feet facing reasonably far forward your knees being wider than your feet and your back being straight then from there if you can like raise your hands over your head and hold them not necessarily vertically over your head but over your head with them nice and shoulders pulled down towards the hips not all shrugged up and chewed up towards the ears i would say that's like an excellent um, example of mobility. Yeah, if you can squat down and reach for the sky. Cause yes. Because then, then you've got... Well, that's the one and only mobility drill that I kind of do every day to maintain mine. To be able to do that, you need good ankle flexibility, good thigh sort of flexibility, good hip movement and yeah. good posture. You need good like flexible shoulders and there's um there's an interesting thing called the stacked joint theory which is to say that for you to have a perfect kind of approach to posture your joints lend themselves to being um stacked in the order of mobile and then stable so you should have a stable foot your foot oh, should have yes, good stability yeah. and then it's alternate up the body and it's alternate it? more yeah. or less with a bit of confusion around the hips yeah keep going then um so start again sorry at the bottom so the foot the feet want to be stable yeah um just like your hands they've got so many bones in them and they're so good at being dexterous and in all kinds of positions they're good at being not stable essentially they're very yeah dexterous so when you're doing something um powerful or you're moving through life uh, you want to be in a very stable position so that's with a good arch in the foot another way you can look at it is if you look in the mirror you want to be able to see your ankle bone is in the middle of your foot not like caved in towards the, the like the inside and not rolled out towards the outside and you can like roll your foot from side to side to try and find that it's in the middle and that's where you would be knowing that you've got a stable <laughs> foot good arch and this side and the other then the ankle is mobile i.e it has a lot of flexibility to its movement and how far what you can test to see that the ankle's mobile is how far the knee comes over the toe for those watching at home so again you can get down push your knee over the toe make sure the heel stays flat and that you're still supporting that stable foot that we've been talking about so that way you know that you are working through the mobility of the ankle as opposed to relying on like bad foot posture if that makes sense yep. you often see if someone hits a squat well we were saying about it we were bullying you the other week weren't mm. we because if you have a posture fault it's that your feet aren't as stable as they could be okay um and it makes sense it's because it's it, it derives from sort of power lifting and being strong and having good output and your interest has always been in output of muscle fiber breakdown so not necessarily focusing on these kind of things okay but that's interesting then we go up from there the knees want to be stable they aren't mobile inherently they're just a hinge joint they only do one direction you like want to be mobile in that but no they're a stable thing then the hips they want to be mobile so that you've got a lot of free range the lower back wants to be stable so that that isn't twisting in and out and you're not putting tension into the super super precious lower back portion then the upper back wants to be um mobile so you can extend from there and that you're not losing stability in that lower back if that makes sense uh and then the shoulders want to be mobile as well and then yeah so your feet are steady but your ankles are moving and your knees are steady but your hips are moving yeah. all the way up that's really nice that's yeah nice it is nice and, it, and, it, and it's 
isn't it's not one of those kind of bullshit things that's like oh this was a nice little way of teaching people this that's genuinely true mm. like and the only complication there being that the hips also want to be stable but definitely no bounds. yeah i think you could argue that for any joint like i would say the knees want to be stable um, yes but the stability of the knee is is dictated by the stability of the foot and the hip and um the oh. mobility of the ankle oh. more so I see where you're going the knee this. in itself inherently can't be mm. stable. It doesn't have the capability, the capability for it. Doesn't it doesn't go left and right anyway. Yeah, you're yeah. talking about glute medius and general glute yeah. strength. Um, good, even uh, strengthening between like yeah, your adductors, your glutes, your quads and hamstrings and stuff on a, on a minimal level, and then also the feet as well. If the feet are really unstable, that's that sends a trigger up the whole body to be like, nope, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact trigger that gets sent, is it? Yeah, yeah. basically. Um, basically, yeah. Um, but you were saying about like, uh, what was it? Functional training as well. Tom, we were talking about earlier, he's just taken on a new, slightly older lady client, he said, who he said that her only goal in life was to be able to hold a grandkid better, which oh, is nice. cute, isn't it? Super cute. Yeah. So immediately we were like, all right, what, sandbag carry? Like, would be a great thing for that or okay. something like anterior loading pulls you into the front, trains the core, trains the erectors of the spine, very, very specific to holding small children. Yeah. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. So functional training on a summary then, it's exercising to help you move better in day-to-day -day life. What would we actually do though for functional training? Because I, I, well, you, you talk about maybe first a couple of different things you do with a basic beginner client who mm -hmm. wanted better movement in day-to-day -day life, what are a couple of things you'd focus on? Then I'll say, because I have these clients all the time, I'll say what I focus on with people. Yeah, okay. So reverse engineering from that mobility stuff we were just saying, it'd be some kind of very deep, lighter initially to get everything else right, squat. Mm -hmm. um, some unilateral lower body exercise, like a pistol Ooh. squat or a step up or a lunge, a split squat, these kind why, of things. Why does a single body thing help in this? Why is that? Why is because it... we're always walking. Ideally, we want to be able to run, no, which I is said always... single body, sorry. I meant like single legged or single sided single... exercise. Sorry, yes. Because we're often in this kind of... Um... Okay, so it's helping with what? Balance? It's helping with balance, yeah. It's helping... Those exercises do flexibility quite a lot sometimes as well. Yes, and, and legs, again, more, and... more than flexibility, they get onto the second thing, which was passive strength, which is like the ability to be strong in weak positions, I guess would be the lay way of saying it, which is to say that like, so for example, like my, I can take my toe and hold it, my leg up here, mm -hmm. but I can't like necessarily get my leg all the way up there with my leg perfectly straight, if that makes sense. Yes. That strength is called passive, as in past your natural range of motion. Makes How, sense? Yes, how would you build that? Working on it, literally just trying to do it. There are loads of um, things you can do, like sitting on the floor in a, in a teddy bear position, um, tensing your quad, so extending yeah. your knee so that you know, you're your not losing, you can. Yeah, you're not losing any um, movement to the bending of the knee. And then just from the hip, trying to pick the leg up, oh, I do pick that. it over it's something so hard. and put it down. And it's impossible. It's so hard. The hardest ones for me are when you're in like the internal, external rotation position, you yeah. know, like, um, what's that one called? Your legs like the box thing, yeah. yeah. Like 90, 99s, I think they call them, where you just go choo, choo, with the hips um, Yeah, it's where you put both your legs folded into one side, basically. Choo, choo, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then trying to like, even I can't do it there, like lift that like up off the side floor. Glute Some people can just rotate off the floor like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Some people are super good at it. There's a chap on um, Instagram called Hunter Fitness or oh, something like that. And he's excellent at these kind of things. Just like, that's all he kind of does. Um, do you know like the pigeon stretch? 
Yes. There's an interesting one that's like an active pigeon stretch where you don't use your hands, mm. you sink your hips as low past you can and then come back up by yes. pushing your leg down. Mm. Things like this as well. So you're working past the range of motion that you're used to. And then that means that that's how people pull muscles generally is that they train like crap and they don't have a good range of motion. So their muscles get strong in a very limited range of motion. Then they go to do something in life outside of that range of motion like you should be doing and it goes wrong because they haven't been training there. Yes. Mm. Interesting. Um, what else would we say? I'd say carries, like like uh, like a sandbag carry, farmer carries, overload, anything that kind of overloads the natural movement of the, of the human body. So we're just walking around a lot. If you pick something heavy up and try and carry it, that's going to make walking when you're not carrying it easier. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, correct. What would you say? Nice. Those, those are good, like, practical tips on exercises. I'll take a little bit of a different stance at it then. Since you outlined some of the actual exercises you should do specifically, I'll talk more in general. Yeah, go on. Um, a lot of people who come to me, their mobility suffers because they need to lose weight. Ah. They literally. Um, quite a lot of people who come to me, if they sit on the floor, they can't get back up. And a lot of it's due to weight issues or weight issues causing, like, knee problems and stuff like this. So if you've got a decent amount of weight to lose and you feel like it's hampering you... Um, Eating healthier can be mm -hmm. a good way to increase your movement and mobility in life. You're just decreasing pressure on your body and increasing your ability to walk and move. And you'll find it easier to get up and down and out of bed and out of the car and stuff if you weigh less. Um, another part would be exactly like you've said, build strength across the whole body. You've picked really practical full body exercises there. You put a squat in, some kind of lunge, some kind of carry, um, yeah. some kind of press, some kind of pulling exercise probably. Just so you're working the full body, you get that full strengthening and I think as a principle, you're looking at working movements, not muscles. Yes. Like you're not going into the gym and thinking, I'm training back. I'm going to do oh, a we're not pull down. Day, no, no you, you're going in like, okay, maybe I'll do a row. Yes. And I'm going to do a, maybe a body weight row yes. because then that's more specific or something. Yes. Full, full body exercises, always good. Um, sometimes I like to use with mobility, like goal clients, I like to use really full body exercises, like holding two dumbbells at the sides and doing a squat down and then coming up and doing like up to the shoulders and then do a press yeah. and then back down. It just gets them on the cardio bit. It's still doing a bit of shoulders. It's doing a bit of posture. It's working a bit of just movement. And it's interesting, like, what the principle behind that is because you would never give that to a, a strict muscle building no. client. But no. as soon as the goal's different, Cardi it's, it's it a bit of cardio, it's a bit, a bit of full body strength. Yeah. It's getting the heart rate up, isn't it? It's... They're the things I, you do have to be careful with those things, though, because a lot of the time, without people understanding, say, like the stacked joint theory, yeah. they go for something like that. It's like, yeah, this is healthy i'm promoting my daily yeah. movements but you're always enforcing something and if it isn't the perfect thing you're mm. enforcing something bad mm. for example if you're chucking something overhead and you don't have the thoracic which is like the mid back like where your shoulder blades are kind of area if you don't have that extension to get the arms yes. overhead you end up getting to yes. like here overhead and then yes. going with the lower back yes which then means you're putting a very localized curve to your spine yes. which when you add vertical load yes. to it just goes and snaps all yes. that shit up, which isn't what you're after. And that's an important thing for people to understand because a lot of people like to mix exercises together. Like what I've done there is, I haven't made that up. It's like a clean and press, but a basic version with dumbbells for a beginner. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. But people do like to mix exercises together and you should not do it unless you can do the exercises separately. Absolutely. A lot of mixing exercises is a bad idea And anyway. it's super hard. It's hard to be able to do that. Like to go through a movement, to get something from the floor to your neck and have zero movement in your spine yeah. and have all of the, you know, that's entirely stable and have yeah. all of the power come from the hips and the knees yeah. and the, the shoulder joints yeah. and this, that and the other. That's 
super hard. Yeah. With my, with my mobility clients, it's nothing that intense, to be honest. It's like it'll be a lady with either three or five kg dumbbells and they, they won't go to the floor because she probably can't squat that low anyway. Mm -hmm. It'll just be like a, a, a parallel-ish squat and then come up and then just a little flick onto the shoulders. Yeah. And then maybe not even an externally rotated shoulder press, maybe just from the front, just a quick whoosh, mm -hmm. and then back down. Just keeping movements. And I generally build them into little circuits for people where um, I was working with a lady literally this morning and we do things like press up and then squat to press and then a row. Something like that. Just a bit of a full body thing. Sometimes I might throw another leg exercise on the end because the squat to press is not that yeah, hard for the yeah, legs. Yeah. So I'll give a lunge or something like that at the end. So full body strength training, really good. I agree, I agree. And yes, yeah, specifically full body, not focusing on a muscle group per time. I think so long as you envelop it with an understanding that the intensity needs to be in the brain and the technicality of it, not the actual intensity of it, if that makes sense. Like you can make it intense once you're good at it, yes. but like we were saying, you, whatever you're doing, you're enforcing. And I don't care who you are, whenever you first start doing an exercise, you're doing it wrong um, in terms of, <laughs> you're doing it wrong, you're not engaged. Me, seven years into training now can still assess when I'm doing shit wrong. And a lot of the time it's, it's just because I'm not thinking about it. Like if I really critique myself in the gym, the biggest flaw isn't not knowing how to do the technique, it's just being lazy with it. Mm. And then that's where you do get injured. And um, this, that and the other. Like, yeah, the intensity you really wants to be in nailing down the movement pattern and making sure that say you're doing that overhead press, you're not all jammed up near your ear yes. up here because then that's, you can't. You, yeah, you've got to make sure your technique's good on things. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Um, um, maybe you don't agree on this one as well, but with mobility clients, I like to do as flexibility work in lots of different ways. Static stretching, yep. Um, Mobility movements, yep. Increasing range of motion through exercises, like getting somebody who can only squat down a quarter of the way to slowly over a few sessions squat to parallel and then slowly with flexibility work and mobility work and strength work, start to get them to squat into a deep squat. But I use lots of different tools to work on people's flexibility. Um, yeah, yoga I've, style I, things, all kinds of I've things. I've never told anyone to statically stretch and I have no problem if people want to do it, is my, yeah. opinion, is my opinion of it. Yeah. I don't think anyone needs to do it. Uh, yeah. or, or, well. Sorry, that's a bit too enveloping. I don't think people need to do it unless you're specifically just shot of mobility and of flexibility in a certain position kind of thing. Yeah, I give it to people um, if I if I notice that their flexibility is holding them back in some way. Yeah, I'll tell you there are actually, sorry, there are maybe, maybe I'd say there are two, maybe three joints that I would say do benefit from direct isolated stretching and more for the sake of functionality in life. The first one would be overhead lat stuff. Yes. Um, and my personal preference of that is a like box stretch, like a prayer stretch. Like you put your hands on a box, uh, slightly elevated off the floor, so you can sink your head oh, past. Oh, I do that all the and time. And you stay in like Every a kneeling day. position. Yeah. And what that does is it keeps your hips flexed yeah. so that you've got something good to brace against with your core. Yeah. So you can kind of train your core in it as well. And you can, pandering to that idea of stacked joint theory, you can keep the lower back really stable and have yeah. no extension there and yeah. just find the extension in the upper back and in yeah. the lats. I'd say that. If I don't do that, my shoulders get impinged from training. If I do that, it stops all impingements. You love those kind of stretches. I do it every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. I do it before and after every upper body training session. First, to like loosen off and make sure I'm feeling good. In the morning as well, literally, or if I've not done it for a while, if I do that stretch, I put my hands onto a door frame or this or anything, I go like that. 
my shoulders will go, both of them will go click, both of them click, click on both sides. I'm like, oh. <laughs> that felt nice. Yeah, so I need to do that in the morning and then I do it after training to try and relieve some of the stress and And it makes sense, you got a lot of tissue around there. That's a lot of potential to feel phone, sorry. bad, you know, big delts equal. So I agree with that sometimes. stretch, I love it. Uh, the second I'd say would be ankle. I knew you were going to say ankles. I also do that with people. That's only it, that's, that's it. And then really? the third would be- Mine's glutes. Would be, yeah, it would be, a, it would be hip. Uh, flexion, I'd say. Okay, what do you mean by that? Like, like a hip hinge, yeah. Oh, type yeah, movement. okay. Yeah, yeah, for the sake of picking things up. A lot of people I coach have just got really tight but, lower backs and glutes I'd say, and bum yeah. muscles and stuff. And You're right about that. My glutes need work. People, no, people that I work with notice reductions in pain and enhancements in movement by just doing steady glute stretching. Or, or, of course, along with strengthening and of course, along with mobility work and stuff like this, all of it together. Yeah. All of it together. Um, like I yeah. said, I usually build it into a little circuit. You're probably right about glutes as well because the most exercises you can do a nice full range of motion in and stretch the muscle at the bottom of it. There aren't many glute exercises that stretch the glute in the exercise. Like that, in terms of the principle of That's how true. muscles work, they yes, but for the perceived feeling of stretching and actually stretching to where your neurological capabilities are, there aren't many Would glute the exercises that be the do most? that. I'd say so, you know, and that makes sense because, and maybe the split squat, because they're the only two that yeah, really give me glute doms. Yeah, 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 the split squat on the I front find leg. if you like really lock your elbows out and kind of push your shoulders forward, and if you consider the split squat kind of like a hip thrust in that your shoulders are on like a box and you're trying to pull the hips yes. up and forward so like that, as opposed to forward. standing up, if that yes. makes sense. You've got like, like which I think pressing is, through the heel, hinging up yeah, and forward. Yeah, which I think is quite an easy thing to, um, get the brain to understand actually on a split squat when you've got it weighted because yeah. when you've got it weighted you've got one foot pushing into the floor so you get yeah. feedback from there for the glute to respond to i.e. driving the foot down into the floor and then you've got the hinging kind of responsibility of standing up from the hips like you would in a stiff leg mm. if you're holding the weights like a dumbbell or bar yeah it have to be dumbbells if you consider the weight up like a stiff leg as well on a split squat you get so much glute because then you're mm -hmm you've got feedback from the top and bottom for the hips to mm -hmm. open and close. Like I kind of do thrust. the same thing on a Romanian deadlift, like a little bit of a glute drive forward. Mm -hmm. Not kind of, like I'm not thinking so much about dropping forward with the bar. I'm thinking about sliding the hip. I'm basically doing hip thrusts, but stood up when I'm doing Romanian deadlift. Nice. I'm sliding the hips back and then driving forward. I am pulling as well, but I'm driving forward into the hips, making sure to stop straight and not do that overextend but doing like a little glute squeeze. I copied that off you a long time ago. Oh, nice. Because um, I noticed you, I like do, you do like a bit of a hip drive. Yeah, pull. Like at yeah, the top with the, kind of thing. Pull with yeah. the hamstrings at the bottom, and then as soon as I'm past the knees, yeah, you start it just becomes, snapping yeah. Snapping forward a little bit. And I'll tell you all that I focus on is, yeah, that my thoracic spine is as extended as possible. My, so, mobile. Middle back. My, yeah, my lumbar spine, the bottom bit that, that is back. inherently very mobile. I make sure that that's stable yeah. and no movement. That is, stability just means no movement around an area. Uh, and then the hips are doing all the work in terms of the actual movement. Yeah. And then that's it, you, sh you should be able to feel and see that when you're doing that exercise, the only joints that are moving are the ones that should be producing power. The rest are just stable so that you can put power through them, for example. Yes. Like um, the biggest example of that is a squat. If you look at a squat, you've got all of the power um, and all of the muscles that are being used is from the hips down, essentially. Yeah. And your job is to figure out, because the bar's on your back, 
is how to take that power from the legs and transfer it through your spine and your body into the bar to stand it up. So if you've got, if your spine is like a noodle because it's dog shit and it doesn't have any core stability to it, if you try and hammer a noodle, it's just gonna bleh and flop and do all this. If it's like a nail and it's got stability to it and it's nice and tight, if you hit a nail with a hammer, it transfers power through it and that's because it's a straight line mm. and it's a solid object. And that's how well, that's what good core stability would look like in a squat, No noodle spines. I like no that. noodle spines. I like that nail versus noodle. I like alliteration it's a good, as well. Yeah. <laughs> I like that nails and, and noodles. And it's also super obvious, like when you see someone squat and they descend perfectly, they've got awesome mobility to get to the bottom, so they can sit into a good squat. They get there, and then the turnaround looks like dog shit. Their knees cave in, their heels come up, and their chest concaves. You know, and what their lower that, back what, wobbles. What would that be? That they're not strong enough. Like they've got good mobility but not good strength. That that'd be and yeah, not yeah. a good. You would call it stability, which yeah. if you were to reverse engineer, would yeah be core strength, um, and things like that. Yeah. Mm. All right, we've got two more things to go through. Mm. Um, we'll try not be too long though. This article's awful. It's from Stars Insider. It's called Thirty Foods You Shouldn't Eat After You're Thirty. Oh, fuck off. I know, that's a bullshit title. Anyway. Yeah. There's no food you shouldn't eat after you're 30. What yeah. happens? I'm flipping 30 next year. I just wanted to see what... Are you? Yeah. Uh. Well, let's find out what's cancelled next year, shall we? What am I yeah, 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 yeah. What, what am I not allowed to Not eat? on the menu, We'll boys. just say whether we like these foods or not. Food number one, flavoured yogurts. Yeah, agreed. No more flavoured yogurts. Stop it! Honestly, ah, the worst. I, you can't eat flavoured yogurt, can't it? If you're above 30, it's for children only. Only if you're above 30, yeah, yeah. What about if it's a salted caramel corner yogurt or that one with the chocolate They're and fine. balls? Obviously, they're fine. Well, this is a flavoured yoghurt. This is a bullshit article. <laughs> it's Honestly, it's stupid. This, this says, though, it is common common knowledge that sugar makes the ageing process faster. I mean, technically, that's true in a minutiae kind of way, but not overall. Yeah, in a, you can write it in an article way. It, it, I mean, it's technically true. You can't base an argument around it. No, but... <laughs> really. um, And flavoured yoghurts have not got a lot of sugar compared to flipping what? Compared to what? Cake or chocolate? No, stop it. If you're going to not eat sweets. yogurt when you're over 30, at least substitute it out for jelly beans. <laughs> That's the tip of the day. <laughs> the next one's canned soup. You're not allowed soup in a can. Okay. I mean, why? Okay. I've got a soup maker upstairs, you know. <laughs> you can make your own. Yeah. You can take the soup from the can, yeah. put this... it in the soup maker, and then you're allowed it. <laughs> oh, middleman. This says canned soups contain a huge amount of salt. That's the reason. Shut up. Salt's fine, honestly. If you've got the highest blood pressure ever, maybe salt's not the best. But I mean, half the reason I ended up in hospital because I didn't have enough salt. That can happen. So come on that now. That can happen. Yeah, that's not necessary for survival. Complete stupidity. Um, it, people don't need to worry about salt in terms of nutrition, though. What you need to worry about is your is your hydration levels. If your salt increases, as long as you drink more water, you'll just get rid of it. It, hmm, it, it only puts your blood pressure up and gets you like in a negative way with salt if you have salt but then you don't increase water because then that, that dehydrates you doesn't it true um, so as long as you stay so there's always quite an good. acute effect it's never like chronic you can't be chronically high in salt for your life it's like you've well, done you, it I think, situationally I think technically you'd be chronically dehydrated yeah, I don't okay, know if you'd yeah. be chronically high in salt yeah true chronically be, dehydrated yeah. or kind of a balance of both but you could be you could have too much salt and not enough water in your diet I guess it might make a difference over a long. It make a difference over a long time, but again, it's not. It's not really the the extra salt that's an issue. It's the lack of water to flush it out that makes it an issue. It's still not the best way to go. It's like saying, chasing fat loss with like more calories and more exercise. Oh, well, that's true. It's that's that kind of approach, of but it, 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 yeah. it, it's still your body's got to deal with this system of intensity that you're putting it through, like more that's, salt, more water. But yeah, that's true. You can but, still look after it. Yeah, it's just a point. Whereas people, <laughs> people sometimes. 
they think, oh, all salt's bad and they should reduce salt in the diet. And it's like, not really. Salt's mostly fine for most people. Yeah. Just stay hydrated and you'll be fine. The next one's Pop-Tarts. Apparently you're not allowed to eat these. Do you like Pop-Tarts? Yeah. I, I don't, it, to be honest. I, I like one flavour of Pop-Tarts, the chocolate ones, infrequently as well. Oh, this is lying in this article. It says... Um, the reason Pop-Tarts are bad for you is because of their insane sugar content. I mean, okay, I think they're about, what, 200 calories each or something for a Pop-Tart? Yeah. I mean, it's not a crazy amount you of sugar. So one, think, this is, um, if you're planning to have children, having a high sugar diet could jeopardize your chances. Mm, if you're overweight, yes. If you're not overweight, no. And then this is, it increases your risk of insulin resistance, which can lead to polycystic ovary syndrome. That is not true. Ah. You can't just cause yourself polycystic ovary syndrome from Pop-Tarts. That is some Genetic, bullshit. right? Most it's genetic. Yeah. You either you kind of either got it or you don't. You could aggravate it with Pop-Tarts. You could piss off the PCOS. There you can't cause it by Pop-Tarts. This is literally lying. This is a terrible article. <laughs> you're not allowed to eat baked pastries. Apparently they're too fat. So fun's cancelled when you hit 30. Yeah, apparently I'm not allowed to eat anything next year. No, bro. Um, You've got to stick to that. Do you like a pastry? Raw meat diet, by the time. You're not allowed protein bars, apparently, according to this. Just as an enveloping statement, you're not allowed protein bars. Yeah, it just says protein bars are cancelled after you're 30. We all need need protein in the diet, it says. However, these bars are packed with so many chemicals and so much sugar. They actually don't contain a lot of sugar, most of them. They contain non-digestible fibres. And they do have chemicals, but everything's got chemicals. Every single food's made out of chemicals. That's what every single ingredient. I love it. Yeah, when an article takes a word that is just has a connotation. Yeah, and they're just like, "What do you think?" Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. No, but a banana's got like so many chemicals in it you can't even believe, and it's a they're all just natural. It's supposed to be there. They're part of it. Everywhere. We are made from chemicals. Chemicals. Yeah. Literally, it's crazy. Just because something's got chemicals, that doesn't mean it's bad. Um, anyway, I'm not going to continue. That's just... We're done with that. There's no foods that you can't eat after you're 30. Nothing. There aren't, no. Your metabolism doesn't even necessarily slow down when you age. Not unless you slow down when you age. If you, It slows down when you slow down. <laughs> yeah, if you either lose muscle mass due to not exercising or not having a good protein intake, or if your step count or exercise habits go down, that's how your metabolism slows down with age. Do people lose muscle mass and slow down with exercise movement as they age? Yes. So do people's metabolisms look slower as they age? Yes. But can you attenuate it? Yes, you can. The last thing, Will Hukin, is a new section. Oh, good. It's not what's better, it's what's worse. Ah. Oh, <laughs> it's what's the worse. old switcheroo. Are you ready? I'm yeah. going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fire. I've got four what's worse for you. I'm going to fire them straight at you. You prepared? Out of all four, what's worse? Or two? No, I'm just going to give you... I've got four examples. Okay, all right. Oh, shit. Okay, let's go. What's worse, squatting halfway or benching halfway? Squatting halfway. Oh, why do you say that? Because squatting... Is more important than benching. Yeah. All right. I like that. I'll take that answer for sure. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. However, if you're not ben- if you're not hitting your chest while benching, I will throw things at you. Just so you know. Some people have got bad shoulders. I will flying out. kick you in the teeth. I was just <laughs> some people have got bad shoulders and they can't bench all the way down, but then I would just get them to do dumbbells. Just don't bench with poor shoulders. Fix your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. fix your shoulders and then go back to it. If it still doesn't work with fixed shoulders, don't do it. Anyway, what's worse, using half reps or using half weight? Oh God! Oh, no. Imagine somebody Hot, using half weight. Imagine actually. somebody that went halfway down on everything, but they used a legit weight, or somebody that didn't use legit weights, but but they went all the oh, way full technique. <laughs> In principle, I'd actually say using wait, what's worse? What's would worse? Be, would be using half. <laughs> oh no, I dislike you. No, I've got to say using weight is worse. Using half the weight is worse. You'll never get any gains. I wouldn't say your, that. I would disagree. For the sake of is for the sake of muscle building, if you're trying to 
if you're thinking about hypertrophy and getting and building muscle, you will build more muscle lifting the appropriate weight to half the range. Probably versus yeah. you will lift build probably no muscle if you do half if you do Unless half the weight. Newbie. Yes, but even like then that'll run that, out very quickly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you're constantly lifting half what you could do, yeah. If we th actually think about what half is, yeah. you only need to be working at like 70% of what you could be doing That's for it reps, to be it? not legit. Like half is bad, yeah. So, no, so but for the sake of health... one rep max is 10 reps, isn't it? For the sake of health, I'd say you need to be hitting the range of motion. And it'd be better for your flexibility and mobility that way. And... Health, yeah. Um, what's worse, poor posture or poor mobility? Poor... I don't know. Oh, poor posture? Oh, do you think poor posture? I Interesting, know. I think poor mobility would be worse. Maybe poor really mobility because people aren't super specific in what mobility they need in life. I'd rather somebody moved around <sighs> badly. I'd rather somebody could move around but they had bad posture than they had... So you do agree? Uh, I think having poor... Mobility would be worse because I think if somebody could yes. move well but they had bad posture, that would be better than having good posture. But okay, that's what I was trying to, to say. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> so yeah, the way it's phrased makes it it's hard, to isn't it? It's always it? awkward. Too many double it's negatives awkward. in there. All right, what's worse, not exercising or not eating healthy? Not exercising. Wait, let me think about what you just said. There. <laughs> not exercising is worse. worse. I agree. Yeah. I think healthy. Eating you can ex you. I don't, I'm going to kick myself for saying it, but you can sometimes exercise yourself out of a bad diet. It could. To, to the sake of if you like calories specifically, you can do at least. Yeah. You can't really do much about like bad foods once you put it in you, which is something funny I find about people. They're like, I'll eat healthy as well today because of all the bad I'm also eating. It's like, it doesn't really work like that. Once you've had the bad, you've had the bad. But with calories, at least you can, you can catch up to that. Yeah. yeah. And stay lean, which is the biggest factor of health. That's what I was thinking as well. Yeah. Right. And I was thinking about long-term health. It's it's a proven fact as well that if somebody's got obesity, but they exercise, they have worse health markers than somebody who's got a more yeah. average BMI, or more, not more average, sorry, a more, what would the word be? I don't want to say normal, because that's not correct either. A more appropriate body fat percentage. Well, okay, yeah, we'll go with yeah. that. Um, somebody who's slimmer, let's say, but doesn't exercise, they will have better health markers on average. And it, and it is just down to that one fact alone that... The number one factor for health, for most people, assuming they don't have any other health issues overriding, is that the fatter you are, the more unhealthy you are. On Above average, like, that's the case, unfortunately. 15% for men, 20% for women, maybe. Uh, it depends on your genetics, but yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah. Like some people Above can... that, it doesn't serve any purpose other than if you're a strength athlete, but even then, that doesn't necessarily appeal to health. It appeals to strength. Yeah, you know, there's no real benefit That's true. To it. They're not the same. They're not the not same. always. Sometimes they are, but sometimes that's, they're not. Yeah. Um, very interesting that. I hate you. Yeah. Health, yeah, healthy eating is a bit more important than exercise across your lifespan. Um, also, because it's just really hard to outrun the bad diet. If somebody's just eating cheeseburgers and cake all thing, day, you yeah. can't do that much cardio to even get rid of that many calories. You'd that's still where the be badness. Overweight. Well, because that's where the badness comes is that like like I can could get away with the calories of eating McDonald's and pizza every day because of my job and how mobile I am. But I couldn't get away with all of the crap content that comes with that. There's no 
filter system to be like, oh, eat this and it will help reverse the fact that you've eaten this food. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, in some ways it would, wouldn't it? Because you'd be burning off the calories, but in some ways I understand what you mean. But the, the content of the calories, low, okay, the micro and the micronutrients, low, I guess yeah. we're saying, is poor. Yeah, you, your digestion would probably be poor, you'd be yeah. eating a lot of greasy, Like you see, you've just, just not food. had protein, feel good. you've not had um, vitamins and minerals yeah. and things, you can't then just reverse that kind of thing. You'll, I mean, you can eat then the healthier foods that have got them in it, but you've still had the crap. <laughs> yeah. It's still crap. Yeah, and it's not even only that you've eaten like poor food. It's it, To me, it's more the, it's not that the poor food's damaging as much as it is pushing out the good food, which would be positive. Mm. It's not that it's not dam that damaging inherently, unless you had like diabetes, okay, then if you eat a tub of ice cream, that's physically damaging you. But if you've got decent health and you eat junk food, it's not physically damaging you at that minute. It just might be not, you're not getting in the nutrition yeah. that could be positive. So you're not creating positives where food should be. Yeah, you're dead Even right. if it's not hurting directly. But if you are... If you do have health issues from body weight or from something and then you eat crap on top, then that can make it worse. Game over. For sure. Mm -hmm. That can make it worse. What do you think? Done and dusted? I think done and dusted. Done and dusted, sir. Thanks for having me back, sir. It's oh, been no, a pleasure. Been, I'm so glad you're back, honestly. Mm. I'm glad to see you. I'm glad we're podcasting again. I know you were ill. I was also ill a little bit. and then just Everyone's think, been ill. <laughs> just think, yeah, in different ways yes, as well, in different true. ways. But I really appreciate you coming back. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, people. Yes, thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll speak to you and we'll see you again. Catch you on the next one.